Welcome to the 6 Minute Abs podcast. My name is Abby, aka 6 Minute Abs, and I will be your host along this fitness and wellness journey. Join me as I share the ups and downs of my personal wellness ride and shed light on some exciting, adventurous, and at times outrageous health topics. The show does not intend to offer any medical advice. I only aim to provide entertainment and to inform. You should always consult a registered doctor before beginning any treatment or on any topic that concerns your physical and mental health and well-being. Furthermore, you will not achieve a full set of abs in six minutes. Believe me, I've tried. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's me, Six Minute Abs, and I am so stoked to be here with you guys again. Um, just so you know, this is a solo pod. It's going to be me and you and a book review. Book my time with Abby. I didn't mean to make that rhyme, but it's all lovely when it works out like that, isn't it? Um, furthermore, if you happen to hear anything, um, I am actually recording this from bed. <laughs> because it's just too cold right now and I've got my blankets and stuff. So I'm just like, whatever, I'm not getting out. So if you hear two little doggos in the background playing or doing whatever two little doggos do in the background, then yeah. You know why. But anyways, guys, I'm so excited for this episode because once again, we're going to be doing one of my favorite books and I'm going to be telling you exactly how I changed my life. So without any further ado, we're going to be doing Eat, Pray, Love today. So first off, let's discuss why I chose Eat, Pray, Love. So yeah, first off, okay, it's a time old classic or it's a hopeless romantic story, depending on which way, you know, you look at it. <laughs> but what if I told you that Eat, Pray, Love is actually the ultimate romance novel? However, there is only one person falling in love in this story. And this is where the zinger comes in, guys, because it's one woman who falls in love with herself. So honestly, when I think about that, isn't that what we're all just trying to do after, you know, in this game called Life Anyways? So, yes, there is a spoiler alert. Liz does actually find Felipe at the end of the book, who she falls in love with and blah, blah, blah. Um, however, for me, the true story um, of love within the pages of this book is between Elizabeth Gilbert and herself. So, um, having underwent a tedious journey myself in the art of finding self-love, I thought this book is really really fitting for book club this month because you know it's something that really rang true with my personal journey um as such this is why i've gone for eat pray love by elizabeth gilbert so let's find out what eat pray love is actually all about for anyone who has been living under a rock for several years and doesn't know <laughs> sorry guys however to sum it all up Eat, Pray, Love is actually all about eating, praying, and loving. So, there you go. Podcast over. Bye. See you next week. <laughs> but, okay. Jokes aside, really, really. Um, it is actually divided up into three equal parts with the eating and the praying and the loving. Um, but, before we get into explaining what the Eat, Pray, Love is, let's get caught up on the backstory first. So this book actually all starts with Elizabeth um, Gilbert when she finds herself in a dead-end marriage. 
So she finds herself weeping on her bathroom floor one evening. And for some reason, unbeknownst to her, she feels incredibly compelled to pray. So from there, we are basically launched into um, the will she, won't she kind of chapters of the book in which Liz flirts with the idea of actually running off to Italy and abroad for a year. So during this time, we also privy to her messy divorce. And in all honesty, it looks very rough. It looks quite horrific, to be fair. Um, and my heart instantly just bonded with the woman there. I was like, oh my goodness, shame. <laughs> You're going through some stuff, lady. I feel you. Well, no, I don't feel you because I've never been divorced. But, you know, my heart just kind of went out to her. Um, during this time, in the first kind of, let's call it the prequel to the eating, praying and loving, she strikes up a whirlwind romance with an actor who's called, what's his name again? Man, David, I think. Somewhere. Somewhere in my notes, I think it's David. But anyways, yeah, so she, she falls in love with this um, dreamy actor who's actually, you know, a little too young for her and her speed and everything. But it's this romance is actually both turbulent and very passionate at the same time. So once Liz realizes that she can't keep jumping from bed to bed, and that it is David, you see, it's like the next sentence in my notes. <laughs> and I've got David, yeah, but anyways... So when she realizes that she can't keep jumping from bed to bed and that David isn't actually her forever kind of guy, she makes the decision to jet off and jet off she does. Like, let me just put that out there. Like, this woman lives the dream year. So first off, we head off to romantic Italy. And it's worth noting in this little part here that Elizabeth has actually taken a vow of celibacy during this year of travel because within the book she talks about how she's always kind of jumped from man to man and never given herself the time to truly be with Liz and be in a relationship with herself so doing that she decides to take a year of celibacy and a vow to herself and can I just put it out there it's also really worth noting that she shouldn't have started in Rome <laughs> After taking said vow, because Rome is hellishly romantic, it is beautiful, you're going to fall in love at every corner, it's just the whole package, you know, it's beautiful there. Come on Liz, you were setting yourself up for disaster. So, <laughs> but she actually discusses this in the book about how she keeps feeling the thrill and want for her Italian tutor Giovanni to suddenly kiss her. Um... So, yes, the whole Italian side of the book is dedicated to Liz eating her way through Italy. Yes, in a sense, um, but also just kind of doing something that she always wanted to do. And that is learning Italian. She fell in love with the language. She found herself a, um, an exchange tutor. So she teaches Giovanni English. He teaches her Italian and they meet up every now and again to, you know, have their little exchanges. <laughs> Do we call them that? Um, but anyways, okay, so that's the brief synopsis of Italy, um, of the reason of Italy. I'm not done with Italy, I'm just saying. Like, that's one of the little explanations about Italy that I can go into. So there's also an incredibly moving piece that she discusses in Italy, and that is her personal experience with depression and loneliness. And for the first time in my life, I actually heard someone describe these two sensations so 
true to the way that I look at them that it just really took me aback. So I'm going to read you an excerpt from the book, um, from this actual section about when she describes her relationship or experience with depression and loneliness. So you can, A, get a taste for this woman's penmanship because it is immaculate, and B, the power of depression and loneliness. Depression and loneliness track me down after about 10 days in Italy. I'm walking through the Villa Borghese, one evening after a happy day spent in school and the sun is setting gold over St. Peter's Basilica. I am feeling contented in this romantic scene, even if I am all by myself, while everyone else in the park is either fondling a lover or playing with a laughing child. But I stop to lean against the balustrade and watch the sunset, and I get to thinking a little too much, and then my thinking turns to brooding, and that's when they catch up with me. They come upon me, all silent and menacing, like Pinkerton detectives, and they flank me, depression on my left, loneliness on my right. They don't need to show, show me their badges. I know these guys very well. We've been playing a cat and mouse game for years now. Though I admit that I am surprised to meet them in this elegant Italian garden at dusk. This is no place they belong. I say to them, how did you find me here? Who told you I'd come to Rome? Depression, always the wise guy, says, What? You're not happy to see us? Go away, I tell him. Loneliness, the more sensitive cop, says, I'm sorry, ma'am, but I might have to tell you the whole time you're traveling. It's my assignment. I'd really rather you didn't, I tell him. And he shrugs almost apologetically, but only moves closer. Then they frisk me. They empty my pockets of any joy I had been carrying there. Depression even confiscates my identity. But he always does that. The loneliness starts interrogating me, which I dread because it always goes on for hours. He's polite but relentless. And he always trips me up eventually. He asks if I have any reason to be happy that I know of. He asks why I'm by myself tonight yet again he asks though we've been through this line of questioning hundreds of times already why can't i keep a relationship going why i ruined my marriage why i mess things up with david why i mess things up with every man i've ever been with he asks me where i was the night i turned 30 and why things have gone so sour since then he asks why i can't get my act together and why I'm not at home, living in a nice house and raising my children like any respectable woman my age should be. He asks why, exactly, I think I deserve a vacation in Rome when I've made such a rubble of my life. He asks me why I think that running away to Italy like a college kid will make me happy. He asks where I think I'll end up in my old age if I keep living this way. I walk back home, hoping to shake them. But they keep following me, these two goons. Depression has a firm hand on my shoulder, and loneliness harangues me with his interrogation. I don't even bother eating dinner. I don't want them to be watching me. I don't want to let them up the stairs to my apartment either, but I know depression, and he's got a billy club, so there's no stopping him from coming in if he decides that that's what he wants to do. It's not fair for you to come here, I tell depression. 
I paid you off already. I served my time back in New York. But he just gives me the dark smile, settles into my favorite chair, puts his feet on my table and lights a cigar, filling the place with his awful smoke. Loneliness watches and sighs. Then he climbs into my bed and pulls the covers over himself, fully dressed, shoes and all. He's going to make me sleep with him again tonight. I just know it. Are you tired of looking like a frump when heading off to the gym? Are you stopping traffic with your outfit on your morning jog for all the wrong reasons? If you, like me, are tired of recycling your old promo t-shirts as gym wear, you need to take a look at Athleisure HQ range. These guys stock everything your gym bunny heart could want or desire. From fantastic leggings, which literally feel like a second skin, and trust me, they really, really do, to amazing gym wear for him, you can find it all here. For all you South Africans out there, isn't it great to know that these products are locally manufactured in Cape Town? But if you're an overseas listener, don't stress, they can organize international shipping just for you. All the designs at Athleisure HQ are nature-inspired, leaving you feeling absolutely zen in your gear. I just picked up the Blossom Cropsy set, and my gosh, is it stunning. None of the garments have exposed elastic, which would leave your skin feeling irritated. In the same right, you won't have to worry about any irritating labels. All the usual label info is incorporated in the fabric. Furthermore, you can wash, wear and live in your garments without ever having to worry about them. You don't have to worry about them fading and you don't have to worry about them becoming washed out and dull. Go on, spoil yourself with these amazing products and get 10% off while doing so. Yep, you heard right. I managed to rustle up a code for all of my listeners to help you get the gear that's perfect for you. When you check out, use my code ABI-A9F5KQ6G. That's ABI-A9F5KQ6G. Once that's in, you're basically all set. So now go on, get, go! Go spoil yourself and look amazing in the process. So, yeah, that is insane. Just the whole description of that and everything. It's so, so just kind of bang on the head for me. When she when I read through that in the book, I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's in, that's just crazy. In, I was going to say incredible. <laughs> but, yeah, so that actually moved me very, very deeply. Um, so also just on a lighter note after that, during her trip, in Italy, Liz makes friends with um, whom she actually introduces to a full-blown American Thanksgiving dinner. So she meets these people through, I think it's through her tutor, because unlike the movie where Giovanni is just by himself, Giovanni is actually a twin in real life. And then um, she, yeah, she meets all of these friends through through the tutors if I'm not mistaken it's been a while since I've read this book but yeah so she makes all these amazing friends in Italy everyone's all close happy family yay 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 <laughs> all in all Italy is an incredibly wholesome chapter and I just absolutely fell in love with it so next up we head off to India with Liz 
so what she's done in India is she's enrolled in the ashram of her yogi. And it seems like honestly an amazing setup because there's a number of volunteers who live in the ashram and as payment, they perform the needed services to keep the establishment running. So they live there, they worship there, they meditate there all together and then as payment, they all perform a task. So during this chapter, Liz delves very deeply into her inner spiritual healing and she spends a lot of time with herself in meditation. Um, she, <laughs> she also goes through the morning prayer called the Guru Gita, which apparently is really hard. <laughs> but yeah, so she also meets a darling little local who's in, um, just as Liz meets this girl, she's entering into an arranged marriage. And this causes Liz to deal very much with her own marriage demons and truly forgive herself for the divorce because she hasn't really up until this point. So finally, we jet off to Bali, and honestly, after reading this book, um, I just I, I wanted to run away to Bali, rent a little villa, and be an expat. <laughs> Life goals, right there. But yeah, so this is actually I didn't discuss this the beginning of the the book um, initially, but this takes us full circle to the beginning of the book because in the beginning, Liz is actually on. Um, on a, a paid trip to Bali where she's writing an article about Bali and she meets an elderly medicine man named Katut Lier. So during their first meeting, Katut um, does a prophecy reading for Liz and he, he prophesies that Liz will return to Bali to teach him English. Um, so on her second visit, obviously she returns to Katut who initially doesn't recognize her because she's made such massive changes in her life and in herself in the previous two countries. So Liz quickly begins to help Katut in the medicine medicine practice, uh, which doesn't help him with medicine, but <laughs> she's transcribing his precious medical recipes from the tattered old book that he has, has kept them in to new paper. So whilst in Bali, Liz befriends a number of expats whom she meets through another dear character, the healer Wayan. And we'll get to Wayan now, now. But yes. So it's through this group that she actually meets her ultimate love interest, Felipe. So throughout the Bali chapters, we... That's also one thing. Sorry, guys. I keep referring to like Italy, um, like Italy, India and Bali as chapters. I know that they're not singular chapters. There are sections in the book, but yeah, just, just stick with me. So throughout the Bali chapters, we actually get to witness the formation of the love between the pair. So between Liz and Felipe, whose real name is actually Jose Nunes. <laughs> um, and this results in Liz breaking her vow of celibacy. Yay, Liz. Well done. Uh, finally, the pair sail off into the sunset. And in real life, they actually did get married, which is quite cool. But now back to Wyan. And I'm going to tell you why I'm focusing on Wyan as my end summary, even though it's not the ending of the book. So Wyan is a local chemist of sorts, and she helps Liz out when she experiences an infection on her ankle. So Katutlia is more like a, a, a mental healer, and Wyan is a physical healer, as far as I understand. So Liz, when she goes into Wyan's shop, she absolutely falls in love with Wyan. Her daughter, whose name is Tuti, and Wyan's two adopted children, who are Kutut 1 and Kutut 2, or Big Kutut and Little Kutut. 
And I absolutely love this story and was so humbled by the story because it just shows the generosity which is possible in people. So Wayan is a struggling single mother and they go into detail about how difficult it is in to be a divorced woman in Bali. They go quite in depth um, as to how this can challenge a person because by default the child will automatically go to the father in Bali and Wayan had to fight with everything she had and shame in the book it even says she sold her bath mat to fund um, her lawyer and with everything she fought tooth and nail for to get uh, custody of Tuti who's her daughter and so this lady literally has nothing you know she's living in her medicine shop on a single mattress with her little girl but she couldn't bear the thought of big kutut and little kutut as they nicknamed um she couldn't bear the thoughts of them being homeless so she welcomes them into a tiny little one bedroom shop uh you know and one mattress life you know where she um she and the the little girls live so that just kind of made my heart absolutely swell because i was like sure that lady is so generous and it doesn't stop there so the the generosity kind of continues because liz after seeing this and witnessing this she decides to donate money to ian as part of her own birthday gift so for liz's birthday she sends out emails to all of her connections throughout the world and she says i will match what you guys donate and eventually the number surpasses what liz can match <laughs> without bankrupting herself and she gives this gift to Wyan to buy a home. Um, so the whole process of that is just so incredibly touching for me. Because it kind of makes you just want to go forth and be a good person. And I love that. So don't get me wrong. Okay, Wyan does like kind of make it difficult in the last few chapters or pages. Because she ums and errs about where she's going to buy the house and everything but eventually she gets a house and it's beautiful and it's lovely but just the whole generosity of that really just spoke to me so so clearly so now we're going to talk about what i personally loved about the book and without a second glance italy is my favorite chapter because partly because i love food <laughs> i adore food and i love italian food but mainly because i adore europe and personally, even though Bali moved me so deeply, I could just picture every single scene taking place in, you know, somewhere beautiful in Rome. I just love Italy. So furthermore, I just love the whole book because I feel like it was really a 360 look on, you know, on recovery. So Liz got her body right by eating in Italy because she mentions in the book that the divorce and her dating David kind of left her um very unhealthy she didn't eat she didn't look after herself so she was very thin and sickly kind of thing so she looked after her body in italy then she went off to to india where she looked after her mind and then finally she heads off to bali where she makes her spirit rise and everything settles so what i didn't like th about the book <laughs> it's quite ironic because you know, one short word can just sum it all up into one. And I didn't like India. I just did not enjoy the Indian section of the book. 
and I didn't gel with it personally. And it's probably because um, Elizabeth is such a phenomenal writer and made me feel the humidity and the uncomfortable heat and, you know, the odd smells of the Indian chapter. I just, ugh, it just kind of put me on edge. I was like, no. <laughs> um, but on another level, I don't think that I like this section because it's where Liz actually does the most uncomfortable spiritual work within herself. And this made me uncomfortable because... I knew that this was something that I too needed to do. And I knew that this was something that I too was not looking forward to in the slightest. So ironically, however, from my least favorite section of the book came two of my favorite parts. <laughs> and the first is my favorite character in the whole damn thing. And that is Richard from Texas. So Richard actually has this great saying where he says, you're wishing too much, baby. You got to stop wearing your wishbone where your backbone ought to be. And I just love that. I love that. So I've actually used that quote on my Instagram before and I basically live by it now. So stop wearing your wishbone where your backbone ought to be. Um, so Richard from Texas is honestly leaps and bounds my favorite character in the whole book. And I just adore his bumper sticker way of speaking because everything he says is like a legitimate nugget of wisdom, which is just wrapped up in an easy to remember and at times very dad joke humorous quoting. So I just absolutely love Richard. He's everything. He's the only one whose name Liz didn't change in the book. So furthermore, his story, the story about Richard from Texas is just mind-blowing because he is actually in India on his own personal journey um, in which he has to deal with his struggle with alcoholism and you know his whole story is just like wow mind-blown so the second favorite thing of mine that happens in India is um, when Liz is asked to oversee the big group of people who come into the ashram she is leading a meditation and she is just kind of overseeing everybody and she's meditating in the back and she slips into one of the deepest meditations of her whole life where she actually experiences the spiritual plane and that for me was just like what i want to do that i want to be on the spiritual plane thank you so yeah i meditated like mad after reading that <laughs> never did find the blue pearl though but anyways so now I'm going to tell you how this book affected my life personally and why I chose it. So in totality, this book affected me quite deeply because um, obviously a part of me just wants to be able to jet off and go to three glorious countries at a whim, you know, because who doesn't? <laughs> if you don't want that, I don't know what you're about, man. But furthermore, um, I just really love how this book Firstly, took you through the healing process from start to finish and all of the aspects of healing and why they were so important. And it was just very relatable for me. I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. I'm not getting divorced or anything like that. But just the way this woman writes was so relatable to me and her struggle with, you know, like the struggles that she's going through in her life and how she got through them and what she needed to do. I was like, yo. Okay, so all in all, I found it to be an incredible story and a bloody brilliant read. 
So if you've got the time, I highly recommend it. So as always, guys, I'm now going to give you a heads up into what next month's book is going to be. And we are going to be doing The Greatest Salesman in the World. It's a very short read. You can literally get through it in like an hour and a half. So if you can't read it, then I don't know why, but it is such an awesome book. But yes, so that is my take on Eat, Pray, Love. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. As always, if you want to find me during the week, you can get a hold of me on Instagram, which is six underscore minute underscore abs. You can find me on Twitter, which is six minute abs. You can send me a Gmail, which is six minute abs at gmail.com. Or you can go to my blog and check it out, which is six minute abs.com. But anyways, guys, I hope you're having an amazing week. And I hope that you will go forth and read Eat, Pray, Love if you haven't already. If you have, reread it. I mean, it's such a good one. If you don't feel like reading, go watch the movie. Why not? But they leave out a lot of good stuff in the movie, just so you know. But anyways, guys, have a great week. Bye.